You're listening to the HFO Multifamily Market Watch Podcast. Apartment owners who need to know trust HFO, the leading source for multifamily information in Oregon and Washington. Welcome back to HFO's Multifamily Market Watch Podcast. It's Monday, October 9th, 2023. I'm Mike Pierce, Senior HFO Research Analyst. Today, we will be discussing the Oregon housing shortage and the factors that have gotten us to this point and what we might be able to do to get out of it. HFO's podcasts are sponsored by the construction firm of J.R. Johnson, offering restoration and emergency repair work for multifamily properties. HFO is your leading multifamily firm in Oregon and Washington. Now, on to our discussion. There isn't a quick fix to undo decades of underbuilding, but there are steps policymakers and Oregonians can make together. Across the state, from big and mid-sized cities to small rural towns, Oregonians are straining under the pressure of increasingly unaffordable housing market. First-time homebuyers are looking outside expensive cities, causing suburbs and small towns to experience their own shrinking housing stock and increased prices. Renters are the hardest hit. More than half of the renters in the state don't have enough money to pay rent or afford the basics, including food, childcare, internet access, and transportation. Because the state's housing inventory is so limited, Oregon simply doesn't have enough units for the number of people who need them. As a result, Oregon is among the states with the lowest supply of rentals, that are affordable to people at or below poverty levels. Our state economist, Josh Lerner, simply said, we have the worst affordability. Low vacancies and high prices is indicative of a housing shortage, and I think that that's clearly where we've been for a while now. As housing has become more unaffordable, more people have been pushed into homelessness. In the 2022 National Homeless Report, Oregon had a 22% increase in people experiencing homelessness between 2020 and 2022, the second highest increase in the country, behind California. In addition, 2,591 people in Oregon became homeless during those two years. Housing experts say homelessness is intertwined with the availability of affordable housing in the given area. And the crux of Oregon's affordable housing issues is decades of underproduction. Oregon just hasn't been building enough homes for everyone. And while much of the country is experiencing a housing crunch, Oregon is among the worst cases. It ranks fourth in underproducing housing behind California, Colorado, and Utah. While it is tempting to oversimplify how Oregon's housing market failed to keep up with demand, some people blame the state's stringent land use laws for restricting the ability to expand where new construction could go. Others blame the private sector's control of real estate or developers who only want to build large-scale single-family homes or the bureaucratic permitting process. So what will it take to build the 140,000 units we need to dig our state out of this hole? Oregon history of restrictive housing laws and laissez-faire approach to increasing and diversifying housing stock as well as a national shortage of builders, rising material costs and stagnant incomes are among a web of factors impacting people's ability to pay for housing. All right, well, let's go back and say, how did we actually get here? When Oregon lawmakers passed the state's groundbreaking land use law back in 1973, the nation was emerging from a revolutionary environmental movement. The federal government had just passed the Clean Water Act, and people across the world organized their first Earth Day celebrations. Locally, Oregonians had their own conservation movement, one that was more of a reaction to the suburban sprawl affecting its southern neighbor, California. There they saw farms and forests eaten up by residential tracts of single-family homes, permanent changes to the state's landscape. Oregonians were determined not to let that happen here. So Oregon lawmakers passed Bill 100, which established boundaries for urban development as a tool for protection of open spaces. If the local government wanted to expand its urban growth boundary, say to make more rooms for housing and businesses, it would need to ensure that the change conformed with statewide planning goals. Since 1970, those 19 codified goals have governed how the state utilizes land for agriculture, forestry, 
economic development, open space, and natural resources. The 10th goal, covering housing, says cities and counties need to regularly inventory their buildable lands and accommodate future housing needs. The way that it's been implemented at a local level for a really, really long time has not actually fulfilled the goal itself. Goal 10 didn't capture the nuance of the state's housing needs and how it would change over time. In 2019, Oregon grabbed national attention when it became the first state to eliminate most exclusive single-family zoning statewide. The new law required cities to allow duplexes, triplexes, quads, townhomes, and cottage clusters in areas zoned for single-family housing, depending on the size of the city. That year, lawmakers also required that cities develop strategies for increasing housing production, and it provided them with funding to create those plans. The same law tasked state agencies with producing regional housing needs, analysis, outlining how the state could address housing shortages regionally. The coronavirus pandemic the following year worsened Oregon's housing struggles in many ways. Oregon's poverty rate increased as the lowest earning workers lost pay. The number of workers entering the construction industry plummeted as people opted for more flexible remote jobs, making it harder to build homes necessary to meet demand. And supply chain issues made it harder and more expensive to get construction materials even when developers could find enough workers. During those early pandemic years, A record number of Oregonians, particularly millennials, chose to form families, leading to a housing formation boom and skyrocketed demand for housing. Some economic factors played into the role. Wages increased in 2021 as a result of the labor shortage, and three rounds of pandemic-related stimulus checks helped young people save enough money for mortgages and down payments. By 2022, researchers published Oregon Housing Need Analysis, saying the state needed to build 555,000 new units over the next 20 years. So what are the next steps? While experts agree that Oregon needs more housing for people at all income levels, the biggest hole the state must fix is affordable housing. So what can policymakers do about this? The city's Bond Oversight Committee, or BOC, recently released its 2002 report, which stated that the Housing Portland Bureau had exceeded the original 1,300 production unit goal by 43%, resulting in 1,859 permanently affordable homes. The report states that the cost to taxpayers per unit is an average of $373,000. However, according to the report's city budget office, the actual price is closer to $490,000, with $150,000 as an average city subsidy. The budget office analysis issued in October 22 also stated that constructing 20,000 units of affordable housing could cost approximately $9.8 billion, and based on the current contribution levels, that would require a direct city subsidy of $3 billion. The pitfalls faced by Portland Housing Bureau offer valuable lessons to other cities and states seeking to build affordable housing. Portland's costs far exceed market rate norms for workforce and luxury apartments. According to third-party data from CoStar, the average price per unit of an average apartment in Portland from 2017 to 2022 was just over $220,000. The average cost of newer luxury high-end apartments was $314,363. It's easy to see why the city's affordable housing costs of $490,000 per unit offer a window into bureaucratic inefficiencies. Affordable housing is a complex issue that needs serious solutions. Unfortunately, city, regional, and national leadership is afraid to change. It's time to try something different, putting policies in place from the municipal to the federal level that penalize rental housing providers does not make sense when it is clear the public housing development costs are not in line with the market. The goals of our affordable housing projects need to be refocused, and we suggest a two-pronged approach for the solution. If the goal is to house people in need, cities and states could consider purchasing existing housing stock and maintaining affordability rather than developing new projects. This would allow the government to leverage savings to accommodate more people in need quickly and permanently. 
To reduce overall costs, our city, state, and federal government should award and allocate funding to developers with a proven track record of building new quality housing at lower cost per unit. Portland specifically needs to improve and streamline its permitting process. The average permitting time in Portland is excessively long. Even the Willamette Weekly complains that Portland's affordable housing developments are subject to Soviet-style bureaucracy. As cities and states tackle affordable housing, they must learn from Portland's excesses and mistakes. Reevaluating the approach to affordable housing and ensuring accountability and spending tax dollars is crucial to meet the needs of low-income and houseless residents. If the Portland market builds apartments for less than $490,000 each, the city of Portland should too. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a new edition of Multifamily Market Watch. Be sure to check out our most recent HFO TV interview. We will be discussing how the recent legislative changes impact housing in a discussion with Marcel Guzmando as he explains some new Oregon laws. HFO TV videos are available on our website or our YouTube channel. You can always stay up to date on multifamily news throughout the week by visiting or subscribing to the Northwest Department Investor blog, available on our website. If you're a multifamily owner in Washington State, be sure to subscribe to our other bi-weekly podcast, The Washington Multifamily Market Watch, available on our website and all podcast markets. Thanks for listening and talk to you next week. Stay in the know with HFO. Listen to podcasts, read the latest news, or watch exclusive HFO TV interviews. Connect to our blog, podcasts, or video interviews directly from our website at hfore.com.